Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio on the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this episode on the podcast, it's episode 245. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm the only one not wearing a villain t shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, Steve and me did not. Then I'll plan Coordinate, <laughs> but I, I'm wearing my Tim Parker T-shirt for the show, <laughs> and I, I, I'm assuming well, that's why you're wearing it as well. No, I was. Uh, everybody, I tweeted out that you know I was at the wrestling show. Um, that shirt that I wore that day was for that wrestler that my kid took a picture with. So I, I wore something else that he started the Bullet Club uh, T-shirt from there. That's why I wore the villain t- villain club. Wait, shirt. he started, but he's not in it now. No, because he moved to a different corp. Uh, Thing. This is like a bunch of gangs. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh wow. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, there's it's like how you used faction. to be in the Southsiders, fa- and then it's, you went it's called to a that faction. other group. Te- 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 technically, I still have. Well, a yeah. su- I still have Southside membership. It, it's called a faction. But we're going to kick things off, as always, with the Whitecaps news of the week. Quiet week. Not a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing making the news really. I it, guess we'll. It seems like we, we assume every time it's going to be a quiet week, and yeah. then something pops up. There was the two week. matches. Yeah, yeah, two matches. One. Kind of a match. Actually, both kind of a match. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to those. The LA Galaxy look pretty poor, but that, that's going to be good for us, I guess, as the, the season goes on. But we will start with some some comings, maybe some goings. The Tim Parker situation. Tim Parker may be on his way out of Vancouver. Definitely looks that way. He's been removed from the, the Unity graphic already. <laughs> Him and two kids, which I don't know if that's part of the package deal. If they are also getting traded oh, to, to wherever Timmy ends up? We have said that sometimes this front office can be reactionary. Uh, but I think he's on the the one on the Twitter account. Yeah. He's still there. On the on the main one and a lot of the other ones, he has been removed. I want to know what the kids but maybe they're Maybe they're just rotating people in and out. I think because it was he's a rush in... job and they forgot to put the kids back in. Oh, okay. There's, he's gone. There's a bit of irony that goes with the whole unity thing. Yes. Yeah, the, it's, it's rather unfortunate that the man they picked to front their unity campaign might not be with the club. The unity yeah. is not there. Um, I mean, the, the whole picture thing maybe means he's leaving. The signing of Uruguayan centre-back Jose Aja possibly means that he's it's leaving. It's not Aja? 
Aha! Oh, this will be fantastic. I hope it is. The band, aha. Uh-huh. Well, I'm always thinking Alan Partridge. Aha! Aja would be good for um, East Indian community. Because mm. Aja means basically, you know, come on, let's go fight. Oh, well, hopefully yeah. we'll see a bit of fight. Well, he him. is a Uruguayan center back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he's better than our last one that we had. But we'll, hey, we'll come well, nothing, to that. Diego Rodriguez was a diamond in the rough. Well, it was a center back. <laughs> he's a bit too grabby. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was. I'd forgotten he all was about aha. that. He was. <laughs> he made four that, go. That's, aha. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. <laughs> but let's let's get to Timmy Parker, and a lot of stuff's come out. I don't think anyone really saw this coming. We knew, or at least we knew, that he had been in negotiations for a good few weeks now. Actually, since the start of the year, end of last year, about a contract extension. You saw Kendall Watson had his extended. Jake Narwinski. We kind of alluded to it on the show. We're just waiting for Tim Parker's to be the next one to, to get announced. Not looking that way. Uh, so, lots of, obviously, in this past week or so, lots have been talked about his contract overall. And yes. what it's been, not just this past year, but the number it's been at for, I guess, it's been three years now, right? Yeah. I mean, his contract is very much underpaying him. Yeah. 99,000, I think it is. Right. Round about that. So the one thing I've always, I've always heard over since his first year is that they uh, the, there has been an openness to recognize his effort and his contribution and to compensate for that. And I, to be honest, in one way, I've been surprised that something hasn't happened in terms of that beforehand. I'm not saying it hasn't happened for lack of trying. Yep. But it's interesting that this has come to this place because I know there's – there's definitely recognition of his contribution. Well, yeah. Well, but you say that, but you have to also remember, 2015, good rookie season. 2016, he wasn't that good. Yeah, but he didn't it have was, a great it, second it wasn't, year. Yeah, it wasn't, it, was, it, was, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as good as his rookie yeah, year. So but why it was would you still, give him a big reward for that? But still, if you look at his contributions in terms of how many starts he had and his place in the side, it was definitely more than what he was being paid. Yeah, and, and that's what happens when you get a rookie contract. Yeah. There's, there's players who um, in other leagues have led their team to championships and they've been paid on rookie contracts, which is way under what they yeah. should be paid. Now, we're going to talk about some stuff that's out there. I'm going to reveal some stuff that's not out there as well. So basically, Parker's transfer demands um, seem to be more than what the Whitecaps are willing to pay. When, they, when the news broke earlier in the week... Christian Dyer from Metro New York. I think Steve, Steve Goff. Goff as He's, well. he, he broke it first. I think. Always trust, that's, trust Goffs. That's how, that's how Americans knew it was real. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy we trust. So I've had it confirmed that $1.4 million over three years was a deal on the table. But it's not, an incremental one. I mean, yeah. it averages out at 466000 Yeah. He wasn't getting that every year. It was going to be like a rising scale. Yeah, as it normally is. Yeah. And most likely the third year would have been an option that would have been higher than every yeah. other one. So the year. first two are probably... I don't know, you could maybe say 250, 250 maybe three, yeah. 350, then going up to DP kind of money yeah. if he's worth it. Now, two ways to look at that. Playing devil's advocate, Parker and his agent are probably thinking, we know the white caps. They'll use us for two years. Then when it comes to paying the big money, they'll punt us out. So we've lost out. We want the big money up But it's front. not like they can't go to another team at no. that point. <laughs> it's like- but he's lost out on that money now. So, But what- is he worth that money now? Well, yeah. Yeah. What I've been told, though, is the Parker camp, let's just class it as that, have had a demand that they're wanting paid from the start of the negotiations. And they are refusing to budge on that demand. So it's not like they've started high and they're willing to work yeah, their way down. Yeah, they've started high and they're not budging from that. Right. And that high 
is way, way more than 1.4 million over three years. Right. Considerably more was what I was, it was worded to me as. Again, you, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this uh, holistically because there's, I think for, for me, there's frustration maybe on both camps, if you want to use those terms. But you have to recognize that for his contribution in three years, he was under he was underpaid, and 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 Steve he signed the contract. It's fair. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's unfair in terms of that sense. Like he signed the deal, but we've talked a number of times over the years about how you treat people mm-hmm. and how you value them and how you show that right. And I think it's fair to say that when you look at his his contribution and his, what he's been paid, it would be fair to understand him feeling undervalued. Yeah, but you you have to think it's an inflated worth that him and his agent are looking for. Just looking at MLS, you've got Ike Opara, MLS Defender of the Year, outstanding with Sport and KC last year, a guy that kept Tim Parker out of the starting eleven in the friendly against Bosnia, 150,000. Walker Zimmerman, when he was with Dallas last year, 205,000. The other player that kept Tim Parker out of the international against Bosnia, Tim Parker has no international caps. Why would you be paying him international quality money? Oh yeah, I, I'm not saying that the ask is reasonable. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I think part, okay. I think part of it is part of it though. I think it might, Michael. You're, is, is you're not, just looking from his point of view. Yeah, yeah, I, that's I, understandable. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not. I'm worth. Let's say I'm just throwing out a number. I have no idea what the numbers are, but I, I don't think he's saying I'm worth six hundred thousand a year. I think he's saying. If my next deal, my next guaranteed, the next guaranteed part of my deal should probably make up for some of the when I got paid less than three hundred thousand for three years. But what if he? I'm not, what, again, I'm not saying that's right. I'm yeah, just, I'm uh, guessing at what uh, well, what part of the thinking is. But but what if what if the way that like you like you said most times people will negotiate and will is this just is this just a move that maybe he just wants to go back east? That's the other. He is from East yeah. Coast. Like, Lots of folks said he's homesick. And the thing no, is, he's... all the teams that have been in the rumors have all been almost East Coast teams. There's barely been any West Coast teams. I don't think that. I don't think there's been any West Coast teams. It's always been. No. It's DC. It's Orlando. No, it's they, the, won't the trade, teams. they won't trade. They won't trade I know, but I'm just saying that the, the other teams. There's nobody saying that they're even showing interest. No, the, no. The there, there, there probably I, is. There but, probably is because yeah. I've I, one of I've the been things told I've read, there is a lot of a lot interest. of interest, and I bet you some is in the west. The west they just don't want to talk about that because they, yeah. like you said, they, they don't want to do it. I, I I do think I do think the other part of this is if he is say asking for a high number like that, like six hundred a year for three four years or whatever. That part of that in not budging. Part of that is them saying we don't really want to be here long term. Yeah. And so also, let's ask for something we know they're not going to give, and then we can say it's their fault. You have to ask how this has suddenly come out in the media just now. Oh, it's, oh well, that, that's, that's agent. Obvious. Yeah. That's obvious. You don't even need to know. It's no. an agent. It's, let's it's, just say this has been threatened to come out in the media for quite a while now. Yeah. By one of the camps. Well, no, when... when and there's no there's no need for the white caps to, to bring this <laughs> no. out at all at and this point. And yeah, exactly. And when you it know... It destroys their unity campaign. Why would they even bring it up? <laughs> when, you, when you look at those the, the sources that tweeted it out or whatever, put it out there... And they're they, all East Coast guys. Yeah, New no, York guys. No, but aside from that, they're like well-respected journalists who have connections oh, yeah, with... Yeah. Well, Steve Goff definitely is one yeah. of the, the more respected guys. You're looking at it, do you want to invest as well in a player that just now you're looking at potential? Because he's he's a, he's a good centre-back. He's a decent MLS centre-back. I don't think he's a great MLS centre-back now. 
I think he has the potential to be better. D- do you feel he can reach that potential? Well, I think when you're talking about his abilities, there's a couple of things you need to factor in or think about. Yeah, I think he's performed well enough to be a starting center back in MLS. I think one of the things that people aren't maybe or one of the things that has to be factored in is that a lot of his a lot of well his growth and a lot of his positive play has been coming back coming alongside of one of the top three center backs in the league over the last three or four years, yeah. ar- arguably at least. Yeah. And the, the third the third thing there is one of the holes in his game that people like to point out is I don't want I don't want to say this too harshly, but his lack of ability to find a meaningful pass out of the back on a regular basis. He's great at punting and, the ball forward. And, and the thing is, a lot of people online have mentioned that when yes. they talk about it. Right. And people have turned on him. No, not everybody, but a lot of people. Yeah, have a lot turned have on. turned on him. Yeah, I don't think they turn on them for that. I think they turn on the, the money perception. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah. And interestingly, the signing of, I don't know, are we going to go with Aha or Aja? It's up know. to you. I think, I think Aja. I'm I, going with Aja. That doesn't sound Spanish. Aja? Aja. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't help with whatever, the, I think the what, flair what, that you throw there. Yeah, no one can see that. Whatever Steve says, I think we should go with because okay. that's what we're going to hear the most. <laughs> anyway, our, his his seemingly replacement or possibly a replacement. It's easy Aja. to spell there. Really. Yeah, let's call him Jose. How about that, Jose? Now the press release for Jose made a lot of him being a good ball playing centre back yes. with an eighty one percent passing accuracy, as if it's having a little totally, dig at part. Totally. Well, you guys feel free to call him the Uruguayan if that makes you more comfortable. I, I think it might, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he's had 25 appearances in the last two seasons for Orlando. He seemed to have a good 2016, not a great 2017. But who did on Orlando Wait, have he, a good yeah. 2017? I forgot, I forgot he came from the Orlando City Thieves. I might call him the Uruguayan. <laughs> By all accounts, so he was having an excellent preseason. But my, a lot of the, the Orlando fans from on Reddit and stuff that I've been reading... They're very happy to see him go, which is always a bit of a worrying sign. Yeah, and they some of them, it was almost like they can't believe they got something for him yeah. or got what they did for him. And an incremental thing as well. They're going to get more if he plays, if they sell him on. Do you see him as being the immediate replacement for Parker in beside Waston? Or if a fit Daniel Henry is here, <laughs> big questions about whether he can stay fit, but if, if all the centre-backs were fit, who do you have in beside Waston? I would love I would love to see David Edgar. Me too. I don't yeah, I don't think I it I don't think it happens in part because there's a lot of similarities between him and Kendall. Well, I think David Edgar is a little bit better than Kendall at handling the ball. But uh, the, no, he, David David is is not bad at distribution. But yeah. Wasses run up the field too sometimes. Yeah. A couple times it's like a, well, it's like a winger. Awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I I agree with you, Edgar. And in fact, before last season, like before the injury happened, uh, the accident actually yeah. happened. Forget injury. A lot of people were comp- wondering whether it be Edgar with Waston or will it be uh, Park, Parker, Parker with Waston yeah. at the, last year. Mm. So. Uh, maybe it is going to be Edgar if they sign well, him. Well, when they brought Henry in, I did think, oh, is Henry going to be the guy that's challenging Parker to be beside Waston? So it's always sad to see a guy that you like and a guy that's been here for a while move on. But you got all the questions you need out of him. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, we, we may have had his last ever interview as a Whitecap on yeah. last week's show, so that that's good. It is really interesting to see how quickly people turned against him. Yeah. It's because, <laughs> because of the money. But yeah, it looks like he's going, so we'll talk about more of that when it does happen. Somebody here that is going to be here for at least one season, he's signed a one-year <laughs> deal, Sean Franklin, we talked about it the last couple of shows, it was pretty obvious he was going to be the guy that signed, yeah. yeah. 
10 years experience in MLS, over 300 appearances, 11 goals, 37 assists. Can score from distance too. His experience will definitely help the younger guys, yeah. especially if they do sign a guy like Lucas Stoffer and then even like Jake, like helping him find things in his game. Yeah, especially in the second year because he could have a dip in the second year too. Yeah, and if we go by the LA game last night, Narwinski looks like he's got the starter spot. D- do you feel Franklin's going to charge challenge him a lot for that or are we more just going to see Franklin... Just to give Nerwinski a rest, I maybe think, a couple of games. I think the latter for sure. I, th- I think it's Jake's uh, place. And if he, if he struggles or he see, seems like he needs a rest, I think Robbo won't hesitate to put Franklin in at any point. Yeah, the great the great thing is is is, is Jake can't get complacent, right? He yeah. has a, a experienced, qual- you know, quality MLS right back, chomp, you know, chomping at his heel, yeah. you know, like right right there, and so. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that's a positive thing. Yeah, and if, if anyone read the article I did with Jake during the week, he said he he thrives and he looks forward to this competition. Yeah. And he kind of hinted, I basically didn't have it last year because Shannon was never getting back in the team. Didn't say that, but that was pretty much what was hinted. That after the summer, he knew the spot was his. So he's he's welcoming Do this. we have to wait a year before we can talk about that? <laughs> Do we have to wait <laughs> oh, till that I don't thing know. gets... Possibly. We'll see in the summer. Okay. Two games to talk about, though, this week. Both of them against LA Galaxy. Uh, a young team, apparently, on Wednesday, lost 2-0. And an older team, on Saturday, lost 2-0. Well, Neither two, of them looked very good. It was 2-1. Good. Oh, yeah, it was 2-1. Well, it really it was, was 2-0. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I haven't counted that goal. Yeah. It was 2-1. Two, two, yeah, the Galaxy do not look very good. But looking at the midweek game, lots of changes. But Blundell kept scoring his third in two games. Seems to be finding his feet quite nicely on that performance <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> didn't start in the game on Saturday but another win two nice attacking moves for the goals and the ridiculous penalty against that was never a penalty I would say that the pro refs were in pre-season form but yeah. that this is pro refs what was that ref's name again I can't. He's one, was, that, was it Gantar it was the guy that likes to smash Gantar yeah it was yeah, Gantar Gantar yeah. smash G- general thoughts anyway on the, on the Saturday game I thought, obviously, like you said, the two goals, they, they were able to take advantage. Tachera had a great move, um, and he went down well. Very believable. And then the second one, He's it was just, it was good. The thing is, the second goal is, usually the bounces like that don't go uh, well for the Whitecaps. They'll go yeah. somewhere else. This time, Afonzi found the ball, and he right away just didn't even think about it, just ripped it in the net. Yeah, it, it was fantastic kind of anticipation or he just read it really quickly and the power it was the power of the shot yeah Yeah. the philosophy definitely seems to be the same as last season you're soaking up the pressure you're countering and then you score I'm happy with that I know lots of folk aren't away games in particular I've no no issue with that yeah I'd say result good yes they they didn't seem in trouble living living out the game plan sure you could say it's good and there, there were some positives and there were some negatives. Like, positives. Great link-up play between Kamara and Teixeira on the penalty. Now, those two have really clicked in pre-season. Training and matches. I mean, we saw it just before they headed off to Hawaii, Zach. Teixeira's whipping the, the crosses in. Kamara was finishing them at training. Yep. In the games, they've got an understanding. You can kind of fold Fonzie in with that as well. And the three of them, are they seem on the right page. Yeah. 
Rainer, though, didn't quite has been playing with Abini yeah. and with Blondell. Yeah. And when the four of them were in the game on Saturday night, it didn't seem that they were all fully on the same page quite yet. Yeah. That makes you question the 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 breakup of the two kind of two group starting groups that they've gone with most of the preseason. Yeah, not, I don't, I'm not saying a it's bad bit. or whatever, but were, I think they were trying to have a look at Mosquito with the other one, and I think that did not quite give the results that we were maybe hoping for. But well, you are you really going to start as much as I love Nico? Are you really going to start Nico on a no, regular no, basis no. ahead of Jordy? No. And it was possibly just to help Blundell find his feet. Yeah. And we talked about it on last week's show. It gives them a, a nice problem in that they had two attacking groups of three. But we knew they were going to be the four and that Reina would be the starter. I think he will get on the same wavelength with them, but he he definitely seemed a little bit off the pace. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're looking, Blundell came on, maybe could have scored one chance, didn't look totally sharp by not having the quality around him. Someone commented on Twitter after the game that he, they felt he has cement feet. Mm. He, I, I, he knows I, the way to score. That felt a little bit harsh. It, it, the, that game that, that from a distance against the LAFC, yeah. he didn't see on the first goal. He didn't seem to have cement feet. No, no, no. I think but maybe again, he was just having good I, players. I, I, I felt the him. cement feet thing was a bit harsh. Yeah, yeah like having Reyna around him brings the best out of him. Yeah, and you have to think if he comes on as a sub, which looks like it's maybe going to be what it is initially. You're going to have still good quality players for sure on the pitch. Defensively, it still looked a little bit concerning on the left side with who was playing. Marcel de Jong and Aaron Mond, I don't who feel, haven't played much together. No, I don't feel they had a great partnership together on that left side. De Jong was good though. I mean, yeah. de Jong had a good second half. Mond is a worry, and if right now, <laughs> if you're looking at Henry still not recovered from his hamstring injury. We don't know how if Aja can come in right away to partner Waston. They've got a whole week to work in it. Yeah, and Edgar doesn't have a contract. Uh, yeah, so and he didn't. It even might get not any be. Minutes f- on, it might not Saturday. be fit yet either. Yeah, you're looking that Mon could be the starter beside Waston, and that that concerns Feel, me. Feels dodgy. Yeah. Um. What one guy that had a pretty decent game was Rusty Tybert. Yeah, I. I he seemed he was like a really like a buzz. I there. really liked what I saw from Russell Tybert last night. Yeah, I was really. Proud of you. Too. Even I'm the, proud of you to admit that, Michael. Yeah, uh, even, I I do not hate Russell Tybert. Even in the Vegas game, he seemed to like like uh, there was one player in the Vegas game. He really seemed to get like on his bat side, or whatever. He just kept poking yeah. him in the back and knocking him over and stuff like that. Like, like really his own battles with Deuce. I say, yeah. if we're talking about that, or what Robbie about Keane. that cheap yeah. shot that Carrasco gave on Davies as well? That yeah. was shocking. Yeah, but Davies just gets up, gets on with it. Who's and, isn't Carrasco? Isn't he? Is he dating someone? Is that not Alex Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's well, it's part of the Disneyland mob. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't like him for that, never mind anything else. So, I mean, we've got that. You've got Rusty playing beside Juarez because you have Gazal injured just now with a hamstring injury. I thought he had an excellent game. I thought he got forward really well. And that's the kind of the most we've maybe seen him go forward just before other stuff. Last thing to talk about about the defence and, and in this section as well, or like Stefan Marinovic got a little bit of criticism because of his distribution and it wasn't as good as Usted's. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you make of that. Yeah, it didn't feel as uh, as proficient as he would want to be in his distribution. So a bit, a bit concerning there. But anyway, we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Tim Parker and you're listening to the ASTN Soccer Show. 
Frank Black there, singing about Los Angeles. The Whitecaps have left Los Angeles. They've left California. They're back in snowy, cold Vancouver. I think they would rather stay there until next <laughs> the next Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably would as well. Training's going to be interesting this week for them. It's going to be a bit of a culture shock. But Are you going to get out? I hope to. They're not back till Wednesday. All oh, right. The rain comes by Wednesday, so it'll make them feel at home. It'll be fine. So we've just got a couple more Whitecaps things to, to talk about in this part, and then we're also going to look at some of the MLS news of the week. But Steve did a, a survey this morning that we just had up for a few hours just to get, get some of our listeners and our readers' thoughts on how the Whitecaps are looking heading into first kick. Yeah, I was going to put it up last night, and then you know, I, I, all of a sudden my wife said I had an engagement party to go to, so I couldn't. <laughs> Wait, your wife got engaged? No, we had to go to an engagement party. <laughs> oh. So uh, I had, I woke he up says this engaged as a swinger party. I, I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and uh, like who's that beside me in bed? <laughs> we'll have to cut this out. My wife listens to the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I go. I got to put this up. That's why the Marinovich thing happened. Steve's um, wife is an awesome lady. Um. So uh, we we had uh, I'm gonna we had nine questions. But I'm only going to put out eight because one oh. of them, I kind of think I misworded and it kind of screwed up the... I, I think I it's because of what I told you and you just wrote how I told you and then no, folk no. have been a bit confused. Yeah, yeah no, there, there, was a, there was, there was yeah. another... There was, no, actually, that's not the one. I'm not worried about that one. There's oh, another okay. one. There's actually another one that I think is a little confusing. So I'm just going to throw that one out. Okay, so first question. Most concerning aspect of the Whitecaps going into the season, the formation, the lack of spending, their defensive play, the attack... Or lack of possession. What do you guys think was number one? Because <laughs> it's a pretty close race, actually. Lack of spending. I would think most folk are probably going to say lack of spending. Yeah, well, that was by by just a hair, and the uh, second place was lack of possession. With uh, it was thirty percent to twenty nine percent, and then um, attack was third, and then uh, tied for fourth was uh, formation and defensive play. So, uh, next question. Most important returnee to the Whitecaps, Kendall Waston, Ali Gazal, Stefan Marinovich with a C, uh, Jordi Rana, Christian Teixeira, or Alfonso Davies? Who do you think it was? I would imagine that they said Kendall Waston. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you guys are, you guys know your listeners. It's, it was a, That was a runaway. Absolute runaway. It was, you mean Ali Gazal didn't win that? No. Huh. Well, he, got, he got some votes. Prince but uh, it was it was Watson was one. Actually, number two was uh, Jordi Reyna. Yeah, I'd have said that. And then the, Alfonso, then, then Alfonso. We, then the other, really the four, other four guys were just like point. right next to each other. Th- those two were the main guys. Uh, question three: most important new addition for the Whitecaps, and uh, it was uh, David Norman Jr., uh, who I think his parents probably voted for him because he got two votes. Um, <laughs> Anthony Blundell. Oh, he's just a young guy. I'm just kidding. Uh, Efron Juarez, Kek Kamara, and o- Jose Ajay. KK. Has to be KK. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A runaway. Another runaway one. Was, Bl- was Anthony Bl- second? Was? was second, and then uh, Juarez was third. Oh, I actually thought they might have somebody did, Juarez second. Somebody voted for Ajay, so. Oh. I think they're maybe thinking that because of the Parker thing that maybe it was important to get him in. Yeah, it was me. I didn't want Aaron Moore and Daniel Henry. No. <laughs> Which player will be missed most by the Whitecaps this season? Bolaños, Montero, Harvey, Ousted, Lava. Oh, David Ousted. You didn't have Tim Parker in there. Well, I didn't know <laughs> it. I, I, I think they'll probably have picked Ousted because fan favorite. You'd be wrong. It's Montero. Oh. Wait, he was on there? I didn't hear. Yeah, I said okay. Montero. Okay. Oh, I selectively didn't hear. Montero and Kamara 40, up 40, front would have been 43%. Fun. 43% said Montero will be missed. 
Um, second what? was Elstead, and then uh, third was Lava and Harvey. Uh, very close, and Bolognese was last. Uh, which trophy should the Caps value most? I'm interested to see the Cascadia Cup, this. MLS, Supporter Shield, Voyager's Cup. Well, they're going to say MLS Cup. I hope they said They MLS didn't say Cup. MLS Cup. Yes. That was a runaway winner. What was uh, the second, though? Uh, second was Voyager's. Nice. Third was Supporter Shield. Fourth was Cascadia. No, that's good. Okay, where will the uh, Caps finish at the end of the season? We had just missing the playoffs. Uh, backing their way in, in quotation marks, in quotation marks. People didn't like that, right? No, they didn't. So I had to, <laughs> I had to put a parenthesis in there, getting in the bottom two spots. Top of the conference, which means hosting a playoff game, and then crashing and burning. What uh, do you think it was? Oh, the backing in? Yeah. Yeah, backing in. Uh, I know they don't like the language, but I figure that's what most people would say. Well, yeah, just like in the fifth, sixth spot, uh, that was first. Top of the conference was actually second. Wow. Which was surprising. Uh, How many times did Anna vote? I don't know, but it's definitely uh, it was uh, fifty more than half said backing their way in, but uh, over twenty five percent said uh, top of the conference. So that was you know pretty big there. Right. And then there uh, third was actually just missing the playoffs. Only a few people voted for crashing and burning. I thought it would be more than that based on the way Twitter goes. Speaking of crashing and burning, if anyone needs studio lessons on how to run a studio, talk to Michael McCall. Yes, he will help. He's everybody. a studio tour giver. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, number eight, question number eight, oh, seven, actually seven. If the season is a failure, who will you blame for the results? Uh, players, coaches, front office, ownership group. Oh, why you, well, you, well, I, I feel like. The, why did you differentiate between ownership group and. and because the, oh. the front office is the one that runs day to day kind of thing, I yeah. think. And then the ownership is kind of like the big but, but, stuff. But not, what is it? 96% of the ownership group is on the football committee, which is essentially the most important part of the front, front office. But I, I feel like the, the, the people, like, say the front office, and I, I'm, I'm not, whoever it is, whether it's Bobby Leonard, Dozy, uh, uh, Rachel, or, or Greg Anderson, whoever it is. They have influence over the they, – they, they will talk to the ownership group and then listen to what they have to the, say because the ownership group's not there day-to-day. They're not there every day dealing with uh, stuff. The ownership is more hands-on than you think. Well, if, then I obviously misread the question uh, – misput yeah, yeah. the question, but whatever the case is, well, how do you see it? Well, well if it was me, because I didn't vote Because it is close for one and two. I, I would say coach. Well, the people voted – they said uh, the front office is number one. Uh, with about 36%. Uh, number two is the ownership group with 33 uh, Third was coaches with 23 and players 7%. So wait, you're saying the FO and the owners each got 30 plus percent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically two-thirds of the people would blame the non-playing the aspect. Non-playing yeah. 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 Which, uh, which, 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 Michael, I, see, I know that, that perturbs you a bit, that frustrates you a little bit. And I understand why you're well, your mainly because I've hounded out so many managers in my life, but right. And you would think the players are the ones on the pitch, the managers the ones that gave them instruction. But this is what year eight now of of MLS, yeah. right? And well, no, I mean I, the the back office as well do take blame because it's like again back in Scotland we've hounded out a lot of directors right. and chairmen so in he, that time as well. Here they they take blame, but there's not a lot of accountability, and there's not definitely not a lot of change. So, uh, last one. How high is your confidence in the cap signing a major difference maker this season? Uh, was moderate, high, or low? I'm guessing low one. And you, Michael? Well, I think we've signed one in Kai Kamara. No, I mean another one. Oh, another one. Yeah, uh, I, another I would one. say moderate then. Okay. 
So uh, the, how much money we get, funny money for Tim Parker. <laughs> we had over seventy percent saying low, uh, twenty oh just over twenty five percent said moderate. Just a few people saying uh, high. So, uh, like we said, it's, I, 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 they could bring someone in in the summer, but yeah. Well, that's on, why I said this season. I know. Depends, and I, 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 know I hope I know. people yeah. understood that. that yeah. it, it depends on I, what you mean by difference I, maker. I do. I mean, think I mean, it, Kamara I, is going to be the difference maker. Like for I, us I, this year. the I, because you can't like have no, like no, a no, paragraph no. when no, you ask you a question. I, the what I hope people meant was I wasn't asking whether they're going to sign a name. Right, but a difference maker. So, for example, like a, for example, uh, Pedro Morales when he came Jor- in that or Jordi Reyna. Yeah, um, I was thinking more of Pedro Morales when he came in uh, halfway through the year and made a big difference there. No, he started at the beginning of the year. Oh, uh, sorry, he ended. The, he was halfway done his Spanish season. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Hmm. So those are the yeah, those are the results of that one. It was a nice well, well, are we going to talk about the one we threw out or no? It was. It was. Should the extras be included? And I don't, I'm uh, in in the season ticket package. Oh. And I think people. No, I, yeah, no. I, I can we talk about it? I, we sure, sure can. But I, I think I misworded that one, and I should have in my answer. I should have made more, made more. You could have wrote a paragraph for that one. I think I should have wrote a sentence at least because I said yes, no. What uh, WTF? All I know is when I go for a massage, my extras cost more. <laughs> and this is you, you happy oh, extra man. But we did get some tweets as well. Um, Steve asked for some comments online, just uh, asking for a, a few thoughts on the season, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of optimism amongst some of the fan base but got one here Dan Matthias Olsen he thinks the Caps will finish comfortably in a playoff spot but not necessarily top of the west or back into a spot and that phrase back into spot did I just did it because you guys yeah. get really yeah. ir- I, I don't like I don't like the term myself yeah, so but I know you guys get really upset over yeah, the term so that's why I started Dan will tweet about that yeah you know? yeah I, I don't like it because it's a season long that you're playing yeah but a lot of people, more a North American phrase. A lot of people, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people use that term, and I know you guys hate it, so that's why I put it. Well, in there. I, not that I hate it. I just think the one it's, year it's people unfair. said they, the one year yeah. people said they did under was Martin Rennie. Yeah, it did not feel like it felt like they earned it over know, the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Some other ones here. Chris Harrop at Chris Harrop GK. He's a lot to say. Yeah, he <laughs> says it's nice to have some special tactical flexibility and competition for places. But that's a lot of players who won't get in because there's literally no spot for them. And that is true. I mean, even looking at the players that have shone this off-season, this pre-season, are the attacking guys. And you can't fit them all in the pitch at the same time. In one or two of his tweets, he broke that down and yeah. said who they are and you know what the spots are. Yeah, check are out really the thread for. if you want to see them all, all of that. Yeah. Dave Heinrichs on Twitter said, The Caps will get in, but grab one of the last two spots. We'll talk when we do our Western Conference thing as to where we think the, the, the White Caps are going to finish, but something which kind of seems a little bit prevalent is people in Vancouver don't rate the White Caps or their chances maybe as much as people outside of Vancouver. Like the, the play-by-play commentators in the LA game and also the Vegas game, highly complimentary about the White Caps and, and what they bring, but they maybe don't have that kind of excitement amongst the fan base. Yeah, it's weird. It's probably, well, I don't know about the fan base. I think definitely the people on Twitter. Um, the, yeah. Twitter the Twitter base. The Twitter base is not... Which is where I live most of my life. Exactly. So. Seems like which, it. which is weird because they have so many followers on Twitter. Yeah. You think some of them would chime <laughs> in and be like very happy <laughs> and excited. But there, if you search Whitecaps and everything like on Twitter, just uh, not. it seems like the people I follow have a negative thing. But a lot of people, if you follow on Twitter, like if you just search the term Whitecaps, it seems like they have a lot of people excited for the season going forward. 
So it, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Well, we're going to bring things up to our MLS news of the week now, just to round off this section. It's, it's not been a super busy week in MLS, really. Five MLS teams were in Champions League action. TFC, sadly, they looked good for the second leg after a 2-0 win at Chile, Colorado. That looked well, they were compl- Baltic there. They were complaining about it too. Folks, like, beard, were- some of the players' beards were forming ice during the game. Yeah. It's, uh, they were, Zach, if Zach they, they were complaining? Yeah, they were calling it Siberia. Um, they do know they're from Toronto. They right? said it was dangerous. It was dangerous conditions. Um, hurt, harmful or whatever. It was quite a few comments about dangerous it. Dangerous conditions. Try Edmonton in May. Yeah. yeah. Colorado. Oh, in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game that got called off. Colorado had their chances, just didn't take them. Didn't look very exciting. Tim Howard is not looking no. great again either. Dallas lost 1-0 to Toro FC in Panama City. You'd still fancy them to probably get the job done in, in the second leg at home. But they did look poor, especially in the, the second half. Seattle blew the lead to, to lose 2-1 on a dodgy penalty. Happy to see. Uh, against Santa Claus. Sorry, Santa Te- Tesla? Let's go Tecla. Tesla. Tecla. I, I want to say Tesla. From where are they? It's always good to I see. I think the... Elon Musk is the guy that they're playing. It's always good to see the, the Flounders. Where, where are they the from? Flounders Slander. It might be in El Salvador. It was oh, El okay. Salvador. I heard that wasn't the only thing that blew in that game. Oh. Didn't um, Jordan Morris blow his ACL? Oh. Yes, he oh, did. We're going to talk about that right now. Yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's just talk. He's going to be out for six to nine months. It comes on the back of a hamstring injury that he had last year, which... I think he missed half the year there, too. Makes you worry about his, his health. How big a blow do you feel that is for the Sounders, though? Or, or do they just go out and buy someone to replace him? Well, I think they'll get... Well, I would say they'll get an injury replacement, but he's a homegrown signing, so I don't know how much well, that's going to be. Well, depends if he's going to be out for the season, because yeah. if they don't scratch him for the season, I don't think and they get a, that injury. I know if he actually tore his ACL, that's a year injury. Yeah. I don't know. Six, I know they're saying six to nine months. I'm not sure if... He, I think it'll be season. I think they'll get the cap relief, and you'll yeah. see them invest, use that money and invest in another yeah, player. They'll, they'll, they'll just go and spend. The magical money. And we talked about the Rapids as, as well in the Champions League. They, they added a 26-year-old forward, Joe Mason, on loan from Wolves. You'd have thought that might have been somebody that Robo could have got with his Wolves contacts, but... Their attack looked pretty weak uh, against TFC. They've got Dominic Baggi, Jack McBean, Stefan Enyar. Stefan Eigner. Actually, actually, I'm probably pronouncing that off. But but they're playing three at the back I, and they've Declan yeah. win, so that's something. Well, yeah, they've got their new Kiwi coach. Declan got a start in that game, so, I mean, that was good. I mean... We should go back to the Champions League because we did have a Olymp- Red Bulls too. Yeah, they drew well. with Olympia. Yeah, Olympia 1-1. Up the Lions. Come on, Olympia. And Christian Bolaña has played for Saprissa. So, good for, for Bola. Vamos, Bola. Yeah, I mean, Colorado. Obviously, they're one of the guys that are battling for a spot in the West. We'll do our Western Conference preview in part four. But it does feel like Hudson definitely has his work cut out. And the last thing we'll talk about, Brad Evans has joined Sport in Kansas City. So I guess they're not a rival. And that's just kind of how... Not a rival in the way well, they, that the other play, teams They are. played in all those US Open Cup finals. Yeah, mm. they do. Who would have thought he would have joined another team in MLS after what he said about Freddie? <laughs> but anyway, that is the MLS news for the week. The season gets underway this coming weekend. And we're going to preview the Eastern Conference next. And we'll be back with that after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. It's time to preview the MLS season. I'm excited for it. I don't, don't know if anyone else is. Yeah, it's yeah. good to have a season go starting. Now, I'll be honest. Sometimes we don't get to watch as much MLS games as we would like, mainly because TSN don't show any. And this year will be even less with yeah, no, it's gonna be no even, thing online. Even tougher this year. Yeah, they haven't announced anything at all. No, yet. I know. A week before the season. Oh, I'm starts. sure they're taking care of Canada. Guys. Oh, come yeah. on, I'm not, not going to forget us. So the, the Eastern Conference, we're not experts on it. We'll be the first to admit that. So we thought we would speak to somebody that is a guy based in Philadelphia. Long-time listeners and people on Twitter will know him very well. Jonathan Tannenwald from Philly.com. Got a chance to speak to him during the week. Just his thoughts on the Eastern Conference and who he thinks is going to do well, who's going to drop out, and a lot more. So let's hear now from Jonathan Tannenwald. So we're joined now by Jonathan Tannenwald from Philly.com, one of the the most well-travelled reporters in all of MLS, possibly doing as many air miles as the Whitecaps, I think, over a a season, and also the new president of the North American Soccer Reporters. So it's great to have him back on the show. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. I I wish, as I've said many times publicly before, I wish that not all of that travel was on my own money, but... uh... You know, hopefully someday. Yeah, I know. I, I have exactly the same issue with all my travels, but you get all over the place, which is why we, we thought you were the ideal person to, to preview the, the Eastern Conference for us. First thing to kick things off with, how excited are you for the 2018 MLS season? Well, the listeners aren't going to like the answer to this. I'm very excited. Look, this is, this is the league that I have grown up in this is the league that I consider in some way to be mine, just the way that you consider the league that East Fife plays in to be yours. You know? Yeah. Um, I know that sentiment is not shared by everybody in Canada, but I think your listeners know by now that it is shared by me, and I'm always happy to have the domestic game to talk about and to watch and be at instead of having to sit at in front of a TV or at a bar and watch somebody else play soccer. Well, I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, If you just look at it from the playing aspect, it's an exciting league. And I think a lot of fans maybe struggle to differentiate all the, all the rules, the regulations, all the transfer mechanisms. And if you just look at it in terms of quality, it's a quality league. And the Eastern Conference teams this season, or this off-season, have certainly been adding some... Very exciting pieces to the mix. I'll tell you what, um, been pretty good. But what I've and they've spent some money, and they've gone out and, and done something. I'm trying to get up the whole transaction list here if I can find it because there's been so many of them. I don't want to forget the big one. Look, there's been a theme, whether it's Kaku or Ezekiel Barco, who have been two of the big ones, obviously. But there have been many others, and, and it's been uh, Milton Valdez and Columbus. There's one. DC United have, have done Junior Moreno and a few other ones. The theme, the theme here, Jesus Medina is from New York City FC, is another big one, and then Josue Coleman in Orlando. There's a theme here, and it is MLS teams going to South America for the kind of quality talent, that sort of second-level South American player who has always, for Major League Soccer's entire history, 
thrived here and done well and drawn attention and drawn fans and improved the attacking quality of the league and the entertainment and all of it. And it's, it is great to see. And I think with Toronto last year basically running away with the East, I mean, they, they finished the season 12 points ahead of New York in second. It's forced these teams to act. But, I mean, we'll get into some of it in more detail, but like right off the bat, do you see it as being as comfortable for TFC this season or would you foresee this being a much, much tighter race? Well, the old adage is always that it's easier to, to win a championship than defend it, you know? So we'll see. You know, they are a different team. They've made some changes. They've lost some guys. They've gained some guys. I think, you know, they lost Stephen Bateshore. That's going to be a big loss, and they know it. That's why they went out and got out of them. I think Armando Cooper and Benoit Sheru are going to have impacts, you know, being missed, too. They, brought, you know, they, they definitely beat up the wing back because they knew they needed to. I think Craig Manny is going to look at some different formations this year, which is his benefit. He's one of the, the highest compliments that I can pay Greg Vanny is that he can win games with multiple different formations. And that speaks to how good the coach he is. But look, we know that Atlanta was already making moves. How much are they going to be hurt by Yamil Assad going to D.C. United? I don't think we know yet. But Ezekiel Barco is obviously a big-time player. Signing Darling to Nagby is a big deal. If, if he can't, and heaven knows you've watched him plenty because you're in Vancouver. I've watched him play uh. for club and country. If he can't put it all together, consistency-wise, under Tata Martino, he is never going to. And there's a lot of people right now who think that he is never going to. I mean, looking at who Atlanta's brought in, even back into the goalkeeper position, you've got Mitch Hildebrand, who did so well with Cincinnati last year, and then Jose Hernandez comes in in defence, Nagby in midfield, and, and then Barco in midfield. It, it does feel that they've made big, big moves because they they feel they can really do something. And, and with the money that they're spending, does that just change everything in MLS? I mean, so many people talk about MLS 3.0. I mean, it's almost moving up to 4.0 with what they're spending. Well, of course it does. You know, we were talking a moment ago about, you know, how there are too many rules in MLS which there are too many rules in MLS. That is beyond dispute even by those of us who care about the league greatly and who would sooner sort of work from a position of, I don't want to say within because I don't work for the league and I don't want to work for the league. I want to be an independent journalist. But those of us who are in the sort of the, the ecosystem, you know, working from within the ecosystem of knowing the league and studying it and telling its stories and then being able to turn around and say, these are the ways that you can improve and we believe that you actually have the capacity to make these improvements and not have the house fall apart. You know? You know, blow a giant hole in it all at once with pro well with three teams? No. You're going to switch to a winner schedule? No. But can you loosen the reins on some of the financial restrictions without, you know, getting rid of the salary cap and some other foundational things that promote competitive balance? Yes, of course you can do that. Then you have to find ways beyond pro-rail. If, you, if you're not going to do pro-rail, which in the short term they are not, we know this, Yeah. then you have to find other ways to give a kick in the pants to, uh, you know, the the other teams that aren't spending in the degree that Atlanta is, and obviously 
I got one of those in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it, look, the, the, the raising of the level in MLS is always good. Some of it is natural, and what Atlanta is doing takes it a level beyond that. And the specific way in which they are raising the level, which is bringing in a lot of really good South American talent, is a way of doing things that so many of us have pushed for for so long, and I'm very happy to see that it's happening. I mean, for years, you, you had the, the same kind of teams in the East doing well, and like New York Red Bulls was one of them. They, they just sneaked in in sixth place last year. Chicago finished third, but Chicago have hardly added any players in the offseason so far. And if you look at the two New York teams as well, like New York City, just looking at some of the guys that they've added, there's not a lot there that really excites me compared to some of the, the other signings around the conference. Yeah, Medina's the guy in that regard. And I think that, you know, they're still trying to figure out a little bit what they are and what they're going to be. This is season number four for them, I think. Pirlo's gone, Lampard's gone. Villa's still there, but they're going younger now. You know, they're always, you know they're always going to have one big gun. Yeah. You know, but they don't necessarily need three big guns at this point. They need a team around the one big gun. And I think you know, they let a lot of guys go. Everybody's talking about Jack Harrison, I know. He's going to have, his, his absence will have an impact. Fred Briance, the number of defenders they got rid of might really have an impact. Yeah, I'm just looking at that just now. If you're looking at possibly someone that might be the, the dark horse, the, the surprise of the season, I mean, Orlando City, maybe not so much a dark horse with who they've brought in and the money that they've spent, but is that the only one that you can see maybe from the, the teams that, that didn't make the playoffs last year that, that's going to have the big impact this year? Well, I got one other, and it might be the one down the street from me. Who's... As we were, we were speaking on Wednesday night, the 21st. Yeah. Not to blow anybody's cover off, but that matters in this case because they are in negotiations right now with a Czech midfield play maker named Borec Dutchkal, who has been playing in China. He previously played for Sparta Prague. He went to China in the wave of, of big-name players that went over there for a lot of money. He wants out. The Chinese club doesn't want to let him go because they don't want to lose all the money they spent on him. But the road going around is a one-year loan here if they can get a deal done. He's the kind of midfield playmaker who could take them up a couple notches with Fafa Pico and David Akam and CJ Sapong around him and Alejandro Bedoya and Harris Medunian behind them. I think the Union are in a pretty interesting place if they get this deal done. The only team that I think is going to jump up is D.C. United. They made a lot of their moves before last season ended, bringing in Russell Canoose and Paul Ariola in the summer transfer window. They still have a big-shot striker. I don't think Darren Maddox is going to be the guy, you know? No. But, but Yamil Asad is a big deal of signing. He's very good. And he's going to help them, you know. And, and David Usted is going to be their starting goalkeeper with Bill Hamid gone. They got Frederick Briot from New York to boast the defense. They're going to be okay. Are they going to be top four? I don't know. Are they, you know, I look at the standings and I try to figure out who's going to fall out of the playoff places. Yeah. I thought Columbus was going to fall out last time I was wrong. I think they're awfully closer to falling out now. <laughs> Miram's gone. Yeah. Kamara's gone. I don't like Giazzi's artists. If Greg Berhalter can resurrect him, that'll be something short of miraculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, at the, the top six from last year, for me, it 
I would say Chicago I can definitely see falling down and Columbus. I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Bulls didn't make it this year as well. I mean, Orlando briefly mentioned them there, but what what do you make of how they've put the, the squad to, together there? I, I think that the pressure's on them. They've got such a support. They've been spending the money. They attract the fans. They have to do something this season. You kind of feel this is... You don't want to say make or break, but, I mean, there's a lot of... I think it might be. Yeah. It might be, and I don't know if they're going to make it. I just don't know. Really? Um, Dom Dwyer's hurt. Coleman's going to need a little bit of time to get settled in. They'll be better, to go back to what I said before. Are they going to be more better than other teams above them? I don't know yet. I mean, I, I find the whole, like, sending... Sasha Kleiston to them. I just find that such a strange deal to to give one of your main guys to a team that could be challenging you for a playoff spot or maybe even the last playoff spot. It just seemed a strange bit of business. I was surprised that he was traded within the East. I know, for example, that the Union would have loved to have him when they went looking for a playmaker, as any MLS team would. But they weren't, you know... They were smart enough to know the Red Bulls were not going to trade Sasha Question to their team right down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Orlando's further away, and maybe they think that Orlando's not going to make the playoffs this year. I don't know. But I think you're going to see the Red Bulls, Columbus, Orlando, Philadelphia in that mix for the bottom spots. And then Chicago will be fine. They've got, they've got you know, that's a two-year talent cycle with the players that they've got, with DeLue and Schweinsteiger and Nikolic and so on. True, yeah. So they didn't have to make a ton of moves, I don't think. But they better not get bounced in the first round of the playoffs next year. It's going to look real bad. We can't really talk about the the East without talking about everything that's happening in Columbus. I mean, without going into too much detail, and a lot's been written and said, I mean, what what do you make of it? You've followed the league for so long. Did, did this surprise you? Very few things surprise me. Yeah. Um, I am more surprised that there's talks back on the table to keep them there. Yeah. But I think that I think that Anthony Precourt has run into a bit of a wall in Austin because all of a sudden Austin isn't so sure they want him. Yeah. At least not on his terms. The question that I have had for a long time, and I have not had an opportunity to speak to Don Garber in a little while, if the right combination of local ownership with enough money in Columbus came together and said, we have the resources and all of the pieces to buy the crew, run it right, so on and so forth, would driver go to pre-court and say, sell the team? We're up. Mm. just don't know. You kind of hope that he would, but, I mean, everything that he's said so far, he's basically backed pre-court the, the whole way, but it has been good to see in the last few days. As you said, Austin definitely don't seem to be as keen on, on having the team there. So we'll have to see how that plays out. It, it just sets, to me, it sets a bad message to other markets that maybe aren't doing very well. That look, don't get too comfortable here because there's a lot of teams wanting to come in. You you're not guaranteed to have a team. Let me say quickly about Columbus. It's very easy to want to to sympathise with what's going on there, and for good reason. But I think it's also fair to say to say that. Columbus as a market has fallen short of what it could be on a lot of levels, you know, what it needs to be, and that the way they've done this has been the wrong way to do it. Yeah. 
because not only are you screwing around with Columbus, you're screwing around with a perfectly legitimate MLS expansion bid in San Antonio, which is an hour from Austin. Yeah. So putting you a little bit on the spot, we won't hold you to this. Who do you see, at least in the regular season, winning the East this year? For me, I, I do see it hard to look past them. I just think if Atlanta get clicking, I, I loved what they did last year. I, on and off the pitch, and they just play such attractive football that I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them a little bit. They are, you know, it, it's funny. as Toronto was the best team, but Atlanta was the biggest and most popular story by far because of how entertaining they were. They're very easy to root for. And that organization is very well run. It would be one thing if they were winning it, and you know, not not likable. Yeah, they are uh, they are eminently likable in a lot of the way they run that organization. The kinds of people that they have on and off the field. Well, that is great. Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. Uh, just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, at the goalkeeper on Twitter. Whereas I always say on this show, I spend far too much time. Yammering away with you and Adam Amshorn and everybody else tonight. <laughs> and at philly.com slash soccer. So definitely check Jonathan out, support him, and like follow him on Twitter. Thanks for your time, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll speak to you quite soon. Yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to get to Vancouver this summer, but I, I certainly hope to. I love coming out there in the summer, as everybody knows. It's a great place to be. You know, Best wishes to you guys, and, and regards to everybody out there. I'll see you hopefully down the road. That was Jonathan Tannenwald there chatting about the the Eastern Conference. It's going to be a tight conference. It already feels like it's going to be a a really tough race in the East. And it looks like the East is going to be much stronger than the West again this year. Yeah, um, it does seem like that. But I think what it is, is I think the top half of the East is going to be really strong. I'm not sure about the, like the bottom, like, like for, for me, the top four are, you know, Atlanta, New York City, FC, TFC, and Chicago. And then after that, it's kind of, well, everything's jumbled up. They're strong teams, but they're the, the definitely the top four are the strongest. I don't know if it's is it going to be that tight? Like, uh, was it, it how many, how many, would, how many points did Toronto top the, the West by last Toronto year? Toronto won it by 12 last yeah, year. Yeah, that's so, not tight. That that was last year, though. I mean, Atlanta spent big, big bucks. Atlanta were 14 points behind them. They're not going to finish 14 points behind them. If they finish 14 points behind them... Here we go. I will streak naked around my house. You know there could be injuries, right? Yeah, I have a lot of sharp objects. (laughs) And a dog that likes sausages. Will there be... (laughs) Any cooking happening on the stove? <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll frying some food. Yeah, but we'll fry some <laughs> chips just to make it a little bit more. I thought more like maybe Jamaican jerk chicken or something. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> no. Definitely not. I, I, th- my heart wants Atlanta to win the East. Your heart wants Atlanta to win. Yeah. Wow! Your heart wants what your heart. Wants. My heart wants what my heart. I, I, I like Walking Dead. What can I say? Is that based in Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, okay. Back tonight, it was good. Yeah. Mm, sad. Mm. But, no, no spoilers if anyone hasn't <laughs> seen it, but sad. I, I want them 
to win the East? I, if, when you look at the teams in the East, I, I guess maybe Columbus, you would maybe kind of like them to Everybody win it just wants to screw Columbus. pre-court over. They're not going to. They've got a season ticket package that looks worse than the Whitecaps that they sent out to their, really? their holders. Yeah, shock horror. Yeah, they and they've been criticised in it local is. media that for no promotion at all in the city in the build up to, of course. to the start it's of like, the season. Have you seen the, you they're seen spending all their promotion in Austin? Did you see yeah. that movie Major League? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The baseball it's just game. Like that. Yeah. I have a special edition with like fake AstroTurf on it. That oh. film often reminds me of Major League Soccer. Yeah, it There's also a slap shot too, which is a similar thing. Yes, the, the, oh, I love slap shot. Yeah. Slap shot. Okay, I don't know if I ever told you this. Slap shot. The 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 the, the three brothers. They're actually brothers. Yeah, they're hmm. based on my wife's family. Yeah, yeah, they're three Canadian guys. Really? Yeah, the hmm. Henson brothers. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. That will save that for an extra podcast <laughs> for all our hockey fans. <laughs> all our hockey fans. Hockey. Hockey. It'll, it'll be in our Oscar special. Okay. <laughs> Who's your tip then for the East? Did tip. You, uh, who's your prediction for Who, the East? It's hard to see past Toronto. As much as it, I don't want to say that. Because you're you a Toronto want, boy? You've got no. Toronto strip in your wardrobe? <laughs> I've been in your closet. I've seen that strip. Do not ask why I was in Zach's closet. But you came out eventually. I came, the, out, of, came out of the closet in Zach's house eventually. The Sir Jankovic? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I, 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 I think I got Atlanta. I, I think that there will Wait, your, be... Wait, your heart wants Atlanta as well? No, it's because... <laughs> Do your heart two hearts beat as well? <laughs> M- MLS seasons, they last a long... They're long. What? And they're very long, and people get tired. You can't... Uh, same thing with Seattle. Like, when we talk about Seattle, they've gone the whole year, and they've gone through all the playoffs, and they go to the finals. It's hard to keep that up over two years. I, I will say one thing... Three years, actually. One thing is yeah. Toronto's focus is squarely set on the Champions League. Yes. Yeah, and so that's why I think they're going to slip a little bit here. But then Seattle said that as well, and they lost their first leg, so <laughs> maybe not that focused. Yeah, but they also lost their Jordan Morris. True. I'm going to go with TFC, but my heart, <laughs> heart, my heart wants Atlanta. <laughs> I also don't think New York Red Bulls will make it in this year. That would be awesome. Looking at the teams... Can they get relegated? I no. I think they can, yeah. I think, they go, I think they go to Austria or something if they get really good. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we just get Leipzig in yeah. or something. Like oh. I, Columbus, I can see falling out. I do too. I I mean, Jonathan I disagreed with me here. I think Orlando are going to get in. I can't see them with what they've, they've spent not making the And they've acquired six. quite a bit of players. Yeah. And, and, I, I mean, and they've lost their, their defensive liability in Jose Aja. I'm basically. always happy to see Orlando not make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I would be as well. What about Montreal? Let's just finish on that since we I, I think Montreal could, be a, surpri- Montreal Montreal could be a surprise. They've they've jettisoned some players that they that obviously maybe didn't want to be there. And they brought Ginelli? in some, Yeah. That's too bad for them. I yeah, think. But they brought in some decent players. I'm not, I don't think they're world beaters, but I think they have a chance uh, to surprise them. <laughs> I, I do love what they're doing with the homegrown investment. Yeah. They do need a center back like Tim Parker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Tim's going to go to Montreal. I don't, can he speak French? No. What would be the worst place to send Tim Parker as punishment in the East? Columbus. I think Orlando, Orlando. because he's ginger and he couldn't handle the heat. Uh, yeah, I think Columbus because he has to move twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be back in the West next year. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be back with our look at the Western Conference after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Part three, we had a, a look at the Eastern Conference, gave our thoughts on that. We're going to have a, a chat now with Stephen Egan from Radio Cascadia just to look at a few things in the West and then 
we'll have a, a bit of a more in-depth chat as about, about what we think might happen in, in the West this year. But first of all, let's get the thoughts of Radio Cascadia's Stephen Egan. Steve, Atlanta impressed the last season, and Minnesota even played better than a typical expansion club. Where do you see LAFC uh, performing in that spectrum? Well, LAFC have brought in you know a litany of impressive attacking options. I don't think that their roster is balanced enough for them to be successful in 2018. I'm really not impressed by who they've brought in on their back line. Additionally, 24 players, which is the number they intend to sign by the time the season starts, is just not enough to make it through an MLS campaign, not even to the midway point. I think that those are fatal flaws for them and that it will cost them a playoff berth in 2018. Uh, I currently think that they are probably about the 11th best team in the West as far as uh, if you wanted to call it power rankings or uh, rate their rosters just based on paper right now, I'd have them at 11 overall. Um, How do you see the LA soccer scene this year and kind of going forward? I know this year obviously you're not very high on LAFC, but going forward, will it be better than when it was just the Galaxy and Chivas? I think it has to be, you know. Uh, when Chivas was at StubHub as well, they, they always felt like the secondary tenants there. It never really felt like a real rivalry. They were they were always half the club Galaxy were. Uh, and this feels like the first time there's a chance for somebody to actual, actually mount a real challenge to Galaxy's supremacy within the city. Uh, I think Bank of California Stadium is going to be a wonderful place. I think that that's a, an icon for those folks who are looking for something away from the Galaxy in L.A., um, and I, I think it'll be great. I think it'll breed a wonderful soccer rivalry, and regardless of where the teams finish uh, in the standings this year, I think the games between them are going to be uh, derbies that just have a level of enthusiasm and passion surrounding them, probably entirely unlike what we saw with Chivas. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Galaxy, do you see them rebounding this year? They have quite, added quite a bit. Or are, are there other teams that you could see that kind of miss the playoffs and are kind of on an ascension up towards making it this year? You know, I think LA will get better. I can't see them making the playoffs, though. I think they have uh, probably the ninth best squad in the West right now, even having added the pieces they have. Uh, I think Ola Kamara, you know, obviously a very proven MLS forward, is going to help them, but I don't think he solves all the problems right away. Uh, a couple of Scandinavian defenders, Sigi Schmidt has brought along as well, and I think they will be solid additions. Uh, just not enough to keep up with the, the West that has uh, really embraced this influx of targeted allocation money this offseason. As far as people who I think might be able to move up more significantly, I think Real Salt Lake is poised for a great season. Uh, after coming on strong towards the back end of 2017, I really like what they've added this offseason. Uh, they've brought in Sean Barry, an American uh, 27-year-old versatile defender, six feet tall, uh, from uh, the Polish First Division, had time in the uh, second Bundesliga as well. Uh, Adam Henley's a 23-year-old American from Blackburn who they've brought back. I think he can get time for them this year. And then additionally, the big uh, shiny pieces for them this year, the shiny additions, uh, Pablo, Re- Pablo Ruiz, the 19-year-old midfielder, uh, and then Demir Kralak, the Croatian 28-year-old midfielder from Union Berlin. He's going to play a ton for them in the center with Beckerman this season. And Alfredo Ortuño looks like he's finally, uh, finally the forward that they need uh, to partner with Jefferson Savarino get the attack going. I think that Real Salt Lake not just makes it into the playoffs, I think they've probably got the third best squad in the West right now. Well, uh, well, if there are teams, that, and like you said, RSL, that are going to go up, which teams do you think slide back down? I think it's the Texas teams in the West this year. Uh, Houston has had kind of an odd offseason. 
season where they haven't really added anybody. Uh, they've brought in one South American defender on loan, and beyond that, they've seen a number of attackers leave. Uh, naturally, I think that they, they did have a little bit of excess, a little bit of fat to trim from the 2017 roster, uh, but they have not they have not added in any significant way. And I think that that's going to lead to a tough year for them after what was you know a really really great 2017 campaign. Uh, FC Dallas as well has brought in Santiago Mosquera, the young designated designated player. They'll need to hit the ground running really fast because if not, I think that Dallas's decline that we saw start last year will continue as well. Yeah, they seem to always start out strong and then fade in the in the fall. Do you see like Oscar Pereira kind of? Do you think they'll be patient with him, or do you think it'll be like you know if he doesn't do it this year, they might just cut ties with him? You know, if if he doesn't do it this year, you start to have to ask the questions because it seems like everything's there. Um, I again think that the signings outside of Mosquera this offseason were a little bit odd. Uh, aging European defenders, I don't really know that that's the way that this league is going anymore. Um, but Pereja is such a great coach. We know how great he is with young players and Dallas all about the youth system. I uh, can't imagine them letting him go just because of a bad 2018. Uh, but if the trend continues, the pressure has got to start to naturally increase, right? Yeah, for sure. And let's get to Cascadia. Obviously, you 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 run the radio show Radio Cascadia. Second year in a row for Seattle to make the finals. They obviously didn't go this way as as the year before. While they're not like the uh, dominant team, they seem to be. Are they the class of the West? And, and do you do they have enough to make the finals three years in a row? On paper, I think the Portland Timbers have the strongest roster in the West right now. I think that that was probably true before Jordan Morris went down with his ACL tear the other day in El Salvador, and I think it's certainly true now. Um, That being said, with the new coach, with starting the the season on the road, with the uh, stadium expansion in Portland, I do think the Sounders will finish the season on top of the West, uh, given that they will continue that consistency that we saw them provide 2017. Well, you you brought up the uh, Portland there and and how they are on paper, but how much of an effect will Caleb Porter leaving have on them, or will they miss uh, Darlington Dagby more? Is that kind of the guy that kind of was the glue to the team, and will they miss him quite a bit? I mean, it's going to be tough to tough to see just what uh, they lose without Nagby until we see them play in a competitive match. That being said, I'm really really excited by the folks that they've brought in to replace him. Or at least to try and uh, to try and cope without him. I don't know if you can directly replace a guy like Darlington Nagby, but Andy Polo in particular, the Monarchus Morelia and Peruvian uh, international winger, is a really really exciting player. I think that he'll do very very well in his first season in Portland. Uh, the Timbers have brought in a targeted allocation money level player at every unit except for goalkeeper this off season, um, and I just I think that that's that's what the league envisioned people would do with this new discretionary TAM. Uh, I think the Timbers have probably made the best use of it of anybody in the league. Not Just that being said, I, I do think that with Giovanni Savarese needing some time to adapt to MLS and with them having some new pieces and with the stadium expansion putting them on the road for the first six weeks of the season, uh, I do think that that will cost them the top spot in the West this year. Obviously, the, yeah, but the but the playoffs are the most important thing. We'll, and we'll talk about that when we get closer to that because it's too hard to predict right now because anything can happen there. It's getting kind of local in Vancouver, um, everybody seems to be on Carl Robinson and saying that, you know, if he doesn't do well this year, he's basically gone. Do you see that as the case? or, or And what other coaches are kind of like on the hot seat in the West? Something different in 2018. We have to assume that Carl Robinson has the ship going in the right direction. 
guys in the West who I think might be in trouble. Uh, if Wilmer Cabrera does have as disastrous a campaign with Houston as I think they might, I wonder what will happen there. Uh, we talked about Pereja probably being safe despite Dallas's decline. Um, I think that Ziggy Schmidt's a guy who, despite seemingly having turned the galaxy around this year, uh, will he's a guy who will face a lot of pressure to outperform LAFC. And if they don't, I'm not sure that he will have his job at the end of the year. Um, that being said, most people think that, obviously, Galaxy will outperform LAFC. As far as Robinson goes, I like what the Whitecaps have done this offseason. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to keep getting better. And I, I don't see him, I, I, I don't personally see it, the the panic about Robinson leaving. Where where do you see the Whitecaps fitting in the West? Like, in the playoffs, uh, comfortably in a spot, kind of just missing it? Where do you see them this year? I see it Portland, Seattle, Salt Lake, then Vancouver. I think they'll finish uh, third in the West, uh, most likely. I think that they will finish higher. I think they'll benefit from what the Timbers do. I think they'll benefit from what happens with Portland, uh, who I think will slide probably all the way down to four. Um, and I think that uh, it's it's not that the Whitecaps got closer to Atlanta or Seattle or Toronto this offseason. It's, it's that they strengthened an area of the roster such that I think that week in and week out they're going to be a more consistent team. Uh, I think that the guys they brought in are guys who can who can beat the likes of uh, Sporting KC, San Jose, Dallas, LA, Minnesota, LA, uh, excuse me, LAFC, Colorado on a weekly basis. Um, and I think that that's that consistency that hopefully they are able to breed in 2018 uh, will will help them punch maybe a little bit above their weight as far as uh, how talented the roster looks on paper. Perfect. Thanks a lot for joining us. Where can everybody find you on online and where can they listen to your show? Uh, thank you so much for having me, Steve. Excited to be by today. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Radio underscore Cascadia. You can find me at Stephen underscore Agen, A-G-E-N. And you can find our show on iTunes and you can find our uh, new website going up this week at RadioCascadia.com. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Stephen Egan there talking about his thoughts on what might happen in the Western Conference and a couple of surprising things I found from from Stephen there. But again, tying in with what I said earlier, as somebody from out with Vancouver that thinks the Whitecaps are a lot better than people here maybe give them credit for. But let's have a, a, a little look at our thoughts on the West and we'll run an AFTN just before the season gets underway, our annual sort of cross-site predictions on who we think will do well. We'll get in touch with all the writers and podcasters and photographers, and I think we're up to about 86 people now on the site. Na 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 na. Eight sex. Um, but we'll, we'll get that up and, and we'll, we'll share what the consensus is and allocate those points. First of all, straight off the bat for you guys, how do you think the West is going to shape, shake out this year? Who is going to finish top of the regular season in the West come October? Um, I'm, I'm having difficulty because I do agree that the, with him the, with the Portland thing. Like they seem to have a good team, but they're going to have a lot of distractions, especially early on. Yeah, and if it, they could, it, it, they it's could tough to they, be in the road for that long. And they could turn it around by the end of the year and you know be the, be the top. But um, but I think it's going to screw DC 
I, I know they're going to finish with so many games at home, but I think they're going to get screwed over by being on the road so much hmm. to, to kick the season off. I'm going to go with an unpopular pick. I'm going to say Sporting for some reason. Sporting Kansas City, oh, even though they're not, they didn't seem as strong. The Brad Evans edition did. Yeah, it, Brad Evans edition might have put it over the top. They don't seem as strong, but I feel like, I, I kind of think Peter Vermees is the best coach in the West. And I, I like think, him. I, and I think he, I think he can, uh, whatever he's got in front of him, I think he can turn it into a team. What about Gobble Gobble? No, I, I, I was going to be sacked, I think, before the season. You know what? I, th- I thought, I thought, I didn't think LA was going to be like top of the West, but I thought they would challenge for the, because uh, uh, I don't, I don't follow the, what's coming and going in the West, but it seemed like always noise coming out of the galaxy. But when Steven said that, he doesn't even think they're going to make the playoffs. I was I was actually surprised, taken back by that. Yeah. I shouldn't have joked. Was actually, I have a lot of respect for Ziggy Schmidt. Actually, and I feel I feel. Have you broken bread with him? No, okay, no. Um, I feel he's totally. We've talked about this in the past. He's totally hamstrung there. Yeah. I think this the new Tam has given them a little bit of life, but not enough because it's 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 restricted Tam, right? Or you know, there's it's not Gam, right? It's not do whatever you want allocation money. So. I feel spam, which I think he would prefer as well. Yeah, I feel bad, especially I, as a fritter. I feel bad for him in the same way I felt bad for you and I. You know, we could only deal with the deck of cards that Steve brought for us to choose from. Yes, <laughs> yeah. a lot of complaints. Yeah. There's good players in that. Yeah, we'll be coming to that in part but, five. But, I'm quite happy with how it all shook out. But. Oh, spoilers! But he, but yeah, I feel like he's not playing with a full deck. Yeah, I, I've thought that about him for a while, but. <laughs> For me, I am going to go with Portland. Yeah. I just I think they have the strongest squad. They've made some, for me, exciting additions in the attacking sense. I do wonder if they've forgotten about the whole defensive side of things, but how, it how, makes things exciting. I'll, I'll throw the question, I'll, I'll throw this to Stephen. Like, which one do you think they'll hurt, miss more, uh, Porter or Nagby? Nagby. I don't Nagby. think Porter was that important to them, really. But it changes. I, the, I don't put a lot of stock in coaches in general, my Yeah, team. I haven't watched enough of their preseason. But the one thing I'll say about Caleb Porter that I think was positive for them is I felt like they 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 were always prepared. Like they always knew what the game plan was. They were always prepared. Sometimes they got it wrong, but they were a very well prepared side and they had a way about them. Yeah. I think And I th- you wore a scarf all the time too. Sure. I think they might take some time to find their way under Savarese. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we look at the teams, well, we, we've, let's look at LA because we talked about them, the two LA teams. I genuinely thought both of them would, would make the top six, but I, I still think LAFC will. I was quite surprised that Stephen was so down in LAFC. Yeah. I think they will make the top six. I don't think the Galaxy will. Yeah. And two seasons for really one of your big teams in the league. If you ask folk around the world to, to think of MLS, they're going to think of Galaxy. They're going to think of Beckham. of Beckham and everything yeah. like that. They don't make the seat the players for two seasons in a row. That is crazy stuff. But I don't think MLS will mind too much if LAFC become that one team in, yeah. in LA. They need at least Who one. Who cares team. what MLS? No, I. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, the, uh, but us because we have a show. But LAFC, where do you think they're going to like again? Same question today. What yeah. do you think they're going to play better than Minnesota, but obviously not as good as Atlanta? Yeah, right. I, I think they'll be fifth or sixth. Yeah, I think they, I think they'll get in. Oh, they're definitely challenged for a spot. I think. To me, I would like to refer to them as the the franchise place that they they took over. So to me, they will always be Chivas, or Chivas USA, or Chivas USA two, or the goats. Yeah, the goats. Let's go with the goats. I've got a great so, goat intro that I use for when we played Chivas. So I'll just get out yeah, for LAFC. You, you should do that. So the goats, I do, I do. Again, I think they have a quality manager 
who knows how to set out a team more so than he did when he was in the, the league previously. Yeah, uh, he's more confident, more experienced, all that kind of stuff. I I do see them being a team that can be greater than the sum of their parts because of that. I think he can get more out of out of out of them than uh, than you might think of the individual pieces that are there. I wouldn't be surprised if they came fifth or sixth either. I think that would be a, a fair a fair bet, and it will be crazy if they do finish head of the galaxy. Like that's a huge. There's a huge. The stadiums are not that far apart. Like, and the galaxy are not that well supported to begin with. No, and but so, to to be fair, uh, have you ever been to to StubHub? Yep. Yeah, you no. Been, no. I drove a, by once. It's a pain to get Torrance to. Torrance or Carson? What do you call like, it? Carson? Even, yeah, Carson. I stayed in Torrance like, next e- to Carson. Even driving, it's a pain to get to. Yeah. Well, at least it was for me because I came down from Santa Barbara. That was a nightmare drive. It's really hard to get to, but public transport as well is hard to get to. LAFC's got the benefit of the casual fans. Yep. They'll be happy to switch. Yeah. And oh. if they're doing better, the whole thing, of course, is Zlatan could come. To the galaxy, yeah. Now. So I mean, but that's that that's not a long term help. That's no, like, but short term, it could be enough to propel them into the into the playoffs. But if they're if they're poor until the summer, are they going to be able to salvage something? I don't know. How about the Texas teams? He had them Texas teams that crashing and burning. It seems I like. definitely see Houston not making the playoffs. They, they, I'd be surprised if they I, did. They were such they such a, such a strong attack last year that. But I was also surprised about FC Dallas because, but I guess maybe it's just they they they're playing relying on too many young players and they don't have the the veterans that they had before. I miss Kubo already. I mean, Houston's they've not added many players at all, and Chris Seitz as a goalkeeper is one of the five that's that's shown on MLS as as the guys that they've added. And so. they don't they don't do much of uh, homegrown products no, either, for, which is surprising for Houston. Dallas, like who knows. They're an up and down team. They got the Byron bump. Yeah, the Byron bump. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> Might be a Byron slide. Sounders, do we? Well, I would assume we all take it that they're going to make the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, they have yeah. never Even not made the Morris, playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Do you see them top two, or somewhere else in that mix? I would have said it before the injury. Top two for sure. But I'm like, if if something happens, like say if Dem- the thing is. The benefit for them is there's, the USA doesn't have to go to a World Cup, so the Dempsey doesn't have to like you know travel halfway across. <laughs> well, he's still got his mass suspension that he yeah. gets every season. To, yeah. to they have. will lose Roman Torres, obviously too. I like but, I like how Steve you say that like it's a burden to go to the World Cup. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a like, terrible burden. That's no, it's, Scotland it's, decided. Thank they don't have to no go to the burdens. World Cup for the club. It's, it is. No, I know you're yeah. right. Um, but uh, I think I, I think because of that they could. But if there's another injury, if they have another massive injury. Yeah. To, especially to like uh, Dempsey or another attacking player, that could hurt him big time. They have added Kihi as their new centre back. I thought he was going to possibly come to Vancouver. Yeah, you Just thought it was a YP League YP connection. League connection, Korean centre back, Tim Parker moving. Kind of looked like all oh, the pieces might fall into that. Yeah, well, one, we got but... we, who cares Kihi? We got Aja. Yeah, who needs Kihi? Aha. We've got Aya. Aha. Before we come to the Whitecaps, is there any surprises you see in the West this year as teams that didn't make it last year being in it this year, in the top six? He, he called out RSL, hmm. which seemed to be to fit what RSL usually does where they miss and then they make and then they miss. I, I could see RSL with a full preseason under Mike Pekka. I could see them, yeah, making that top six. And they brought in Romando and Beckerman back. We thought they were going to be without them, but in the added quite a bit of players too. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've added a... I, I just don't know who they are. And, no, I'm just <laughs> looking at the list here. I'm like, yeah, they've added people. The Whitecaps then, just before we, we finish this section off. First question, 
Do they make the playoffs this year? Yes. I say yes as well. I'll just be contrarian and I'll say no. Ooh. But they probably will. Oh. <laughs> now that I've said no, they probably will. Well, where do you see them finishing then, Zach? Seventh. That would be heartbreaking. Would Robbo keep his job if they don't make the playoffs? I think it depends on circumstances. If there's a thing where they, you know, fighting injuries and stuff like that, I think that will he'll get another chance. If it's something like where he's fully healthy and they don't make the playoffs, I think then, I, yeah. I, I don't think so. But again, what we talked about earlier in the show, there's other people who should be held to account. Yeah. But, I mean, you've heard it here first, folks. Zach says the Whitecaps <laughs> will not make the playoffs and Carl Robinson will be sacked that's not at what the I, end of the season. Obviously, that's not what I want for no. for for Carl. I, I, if they don't make the playoffs, I can't see Carl keeping his job. I just think the fan clamour would be, just be too much for him to hold on. But I don't think it's going to come to that because I'm very confident we'll make the playoffs. I'm thinking fourth. But I could maybe see third as well. How many goals will they win that Moss Cup by, Michael? Um, a one-nil extra time win. Penalty? Yeah, probably. <laughs> to share a going down, Kamara taking it. Well, we've, we've got did, a lot of penalties. We this didn't pre-season. talk about that. Do you see that? How, how <laughs> Christian really wanted to take yeah. the penalty against LA. Russell went over and gave him a couple taps. Like, hey, let's yeah. not. He it was like you're Russell up, was there. Was upset like, Kai. No, I think <laughs> Russell was there. Was like, uh, he's like. Uh, Let's not cause a scene. Let's not cause a scene. Yeah, I've got an article I want you to read about this um, once we get back to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I see the Whitecaps making the playoffs, home playoff game, third or fourth, and I, I'd genuinely be happy with that. What, what about you, Steve? Yeah, I, I see them, I personally see them top three. I think they will be top three somewhere. I think even think they can even go higher than second and first. If they every, everything fits by the beginning of the season and they're able to maintain. They're a team that's going to be steady all year long. I don't see them going on a major slide and I don't see them going on a major winning streak either. I, I genuinely think they'll get off to a really strong start. Yeah. Because I think they're flying just now and I think they'll carry that on for the first few weeks. The Optimist Union is in full effect. Yep. Steve, top it's, two. It's, I think it's Anna's called, it's called, drugged me or it's, something. It's, it's called realistic. That's what I feel realistic. <laughs> realistic union. Yeah. But the Whitecaps season gets underway on Sunday. Home game against Montreal. Next Sunday's show already, our first post-game show of the season. Looking forward to that one. We're going to be doing something a bit different and new as well in AFTN this year. We're going to be bringing you regular preview podcasts. They will be hosted by Joe Deasy and Gideon Hill. If you want to, to get in touch with them and have any questions for them, they're going to be recording the first one this week. So you can send a message to Joe Deasy at Joe Deasy Van or send it to AFT in Canada as well or Gideon Hill 18. We're going to be releasing the, the preview podcast on Thursdays. Um, so look forward to that. And the first one will be this week. But we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN Podcast. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle
Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. It's his birthday today. After midnight. So, actually, Monday. Oh, excellent. Yeah. It would have been 86. Fantastic song, that. It's... I think it was who... who who's Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. yeah. And, then yeah. He, and then, because he was so in love with Johnny Cash's version, he actually kind of signed over the rights. That's why I, I oh. read online. I'm not sure how true that is. Because it is internet. Hmm. Anyway, you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Is it your favourite time of the night, Michael? It's my favourite time of the night. It's, it's time, wavelength time. Time for me to take off my earphones. Yeah, time for everyone to switch off and get to bed. But the, the last two weeks... It, I it's si- German-themed, though. Yeah, it's German-themed. I decided to do something special for you, Zach, but you've just slagged the section off. So instead of that, let's have a song about football violence. Um, no. Uh, we've played a couple of songs for Joe to make him feel at home in the last two weeks. So I thought we'd, we'd, we'd go to your motherland, the, get back to Germany with a song about St. Pauli. Oh, yeah. Kind of about St. Pauli, anyway, by yeah. one of my favourite Headphones bands. are back on, by the way, everybody. Yeah. It's by Art Brute. And this is just a song talking about something which I think you'll kind of relate to. Like, he went to some St. Pauli games. Like, the, the lead singer of the band, Eddie Argos, moved to Berlin. And he felt like being part of St. Pauli, he actually, it made him feel part of the country and part of a community. Oh, yeah. And he just found the whole experience really special. And he's not a huge football fan, but he felt like writing this song about it. So this is Art Brute, St. Pauli. <laughs> Family. At times, they don't understand me Birthday, Christmas, they send all love We both know it's just not enough I'd feel alive as part of a team Sam Pauli, hear me scream Punk rock is neat taught Punk rock is neat taught Punk rock is neat taught is she can't say she loves me, even though it's plain to see. I'm saying it to her, so she can say it back to me. Sometimes I'll phone, isn't quite what it seems. I'd have companionship as part of the team. Pong Rock is neat talk. Pong Rock is neat Punk rock is neat talk. Punk rock is neat talk. We are Hamburg School. 
Art Brute there, San Paoli from their 2007 album. It's a bit complicated. Punk rock is not dead. It is not. Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should bring the exploited in next week. Punks are dead. See, Mucky you, pup. Look what you started there, Tomzak. Okay, maybe not. Anyway. You and your villains. Yes. We've, we've got a really good wavelength song coming up next week, and it's about a Scottish icon. So look hey. forward to that. Got a couple of tweets to, to read out. Morbital, our good friend Morbital, he wants to know what we thought of Rachel Lewis's fluff piece in The Sun, he says. Seems like they have one every season, talks about steady growth in attendance and references Seattle while employing none of their ticket strategy. I haven't read it. I've I've got to say, I don't know if any of you guys read it. it I read it, yeah. It wasn't on BC Soccer web. So I missed it. There's a really, really good picture in the online article. I don't know, but I heard there's a version, I think, in the paper. Ah. But th- there's a really good picture of the Deadbolt Depot. Is this the really, really long? It's a longer oh, Okay, form. I did actually click into it, yeah. and I didn't read it because it was so long, which I know is ironic <laughs> since I write hell of a long articles yeah. and I expect folk to read them. Yeah, so the, the criticisms that I've seen about it are that it's, yeah, like, like Morbs has said, it's kind of like a puff piece. And... In one sense, it does feel that way. It does feel like we don't want to say anything negative or ask too hard of hard questions. It's kind of like attendance is on the decline, but hey, like a World Cup is coming and that'll get people excited. And so as it, it is a, it is disappointing from that that respect. And it does feel like it just a, let's pump the the tires of mm. you know Ray, Rachel and Bobo and you know. Well, Joel Nutson re- replied to that comment and said, BS, who is this puppet JJ Adams? Well, he's not on Twitter, which I find really weird in, a, in this day and age for, uh, reporter for journalism. Not to be, and, yeah. Like, reporters not to be on Twitter. Anyway, just because I spend my whole life there. He says, we can get more attendance in BC Place if we do some marketing like Seattle. I've only seen one marketing piece in seven years for tickets. We do have one now, but only for the home opener. Seriously, we've had tarps on level one forever. But when we do not reach out and get the impact players to make this team contend for an MLS Cup and make little effort to do any marketing plan, you get what you put into it. And in the Whitecaps case, that has not been much. It's pretty easy to see how our... I think he's written a a long-form reply. It's pretty easy to see how our Cascadian rivals are getting it done on the field and in the stands. We never had problems like this in the 70s and 80s because we did everything right and we did it well. I hope we have a good year. But with constant change and no desire to reach out for players to help us put us in an MLS Cup discussion, what can we do? Title the 2018 season, he says, a new hope with some question marks. It does, regardless of the spending on, more spending on quality players, which costs dollars, significant dollars. Aside, aside from that, there is a fair, a fair question that could be asked is what is the marketing budget? Because if you know some of the marketing people who no longer work there and you sit down and talk to them, they'll tell you they didn't have a lot to work with, so they had to choose how to use the budget they were entrusted with. And they were only able to do that in limited ways. Personally, I'm all for painting more naked women. I, I was going to say that. I think the first year they one of the, blew the budget on that. One of the people involved with that is one of the yeah, people things in that. One of the people I've talked to about the, about the marketing or whatever. But... Yeah, no, it would be interesting to, if you're a reporter and you're, you want to ask a question about why aren't there more people there, maybe you should ask, 
you know, what is the marketing budget? Or how much mm. has it increased from last year? Or how much has it increased since 2011? What I will say, playing devil's advocate, is they have sold out the whole lower bowl for the home opener. So that's the first time they've done that. And if that is with limited marketing. But also, the Caps can't win in some cases because they offer ticket deals like BCAA or Groupon. Well, BCAA and I'm is, one of the first to I don't think they did Groupon this not, year. Not this year, but no, they've but done BC- it. But BCAA, years. they've sold those tickets. I don't. They obviously gave a discount because it was a bulk sale. Yeah. But it's BCAA's choice to sell it at half price because yeah. they're making money. Oh, probably. They're, they're, it's kind of like yeah. an incentive for people to sign up for BCAA. But I, I'm one of the first to criticize them when they do this. Do you guys remember the price from the BCAA? One? It, was it was 50% th- off. And then 30% for every game after the home opener. So do you know the actual price? So, no. No. But right. technically, someone worked it out that it was going to be cheaper than their season ticket. In the supporters' ends, it's not. Because it's a higher price ticket. Yeah, yeah. But for someone that has a season ticket in that section and was a BCAA member, if they bought individual tickets, yes, they wouldn't have the same seat every game, but you could probably get it cheaper. Which, if what you guys are saying is true, and I haven't looked at it myself, but if what you're saying is true, I've seen the, not the numbers, I've seen the percentages, but that goes against what the Whitecaps say in terms of, we, in, in essence, in that they will never sell tickets below season ticket prices. Right, so but they're no, but they're not they, selling it. I know, yeah. selling but the it. guy may also have worked it out wrong, and it might just have right. been he was just saying that because it felt well, it was going to be no. Bad. But I, but it's BCAA selling it because yeah. they're. They, I guarantee you, they're not giving these tickets I away to I BCAA. I wouldn't be surprised if thirty percent below the face value is pretty much how the season tickets work. But, out. but the danger as well of doing that is people will then just buy these single tickets. They won't care if they have the same seat. It's roughly the same view, and they'll just pick the games they want to go to. It's like oh. DC, Philly, Columbus, the less exciting teams, Vancouver Whitecaps, they would decide not to watch them. <laughs> and it's a limited, but it is a limited amount too. So yep. not everybody's going to get those tickets. Yeah. It's, it's only, only, like I said, it's only for members. You well, be- become a member, yeah. buy tickets. When but, it comes when it comes to tickets, single match ticketing. If you want to be with supporters, you want to so- support supporters, you want to be in general mission sections. Talk to Peter Zimmerman from the South Side. Talk to myself or people from Curver Collective. We can help make that happen. I, I think he's delaying what we're coming up yeah. to next. <laughs> well, we talked about not exciting teams. Let's talk about some exciting teams, Steve. Yeah. Oh, well, we well, had the, one exciting. Well, team. we had the draft and we did the formation last week and everything like that, and we put it out to a vote. Um, thousands have voted. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> well, maybe I, not. Uh, and and the uh, the final uh, came to um, uh, well, Michael. I only voted for my one account. I think. Oh, I, I just voted twice. Massive mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael won with 64% support Ooh. to Zach's 36. That's where we had the the 11 versus 11. Yeah. It, I, it was obvious I was going to win, I, I felt. But bad selection, bad, bad team selection. Anyway, it's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with... Fisherman's Friend Cough Sweets, apparently, because it's actually choking in the background here. But it is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for all your local, national and international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine, bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Okay, so a couple of uh, follow-ups. Spanish police have arrested 20 in raids on suspected match fixtures across the country. As obviously the players, the people inside Spain, they haven't gone ab- abroad to try to get people like uh, uh, playing in other leagues. 
Well, the, a few arrests in Spain, football related this this week. Spartak Moscow hooligans ran right. Oh yeah, for sure. And mm. there were concerns about that too. Uh, but Russia, talk about Russia. Russian authorities have fined some hotels. We were talking about that where it was a big uh, pay hike. Yeah. Or, or uh, like kind of gouging, kind of gouging uh, prices. Um, they're fined a hotel. I think there was a, a, a double digits hotels, and the the totals came out to about six figures of what the fines were uh, across those teams. So uh, international news. Uh, first of all, um, the, talking about VAR. The, the Italians are going to, th- uh, the FA are thinking about showing the results of the VAR um, on the big screen. So the, that way supporters aren't, in, you know, wondering what's going on. They're maybe, I don't know if they're going to actually circle stuff or do like a, do a telestrator, mm. but they're going to be showing stuff on the big screen so people aren't confused in the stands. <laughs> no, Although I, I think, think that might confuse I people I think more. the Italian public will need the assistance of the telestrator. <laughs> now we criticize pro a lot, and rightly so, because yeah. they're terrible. But, I mean, they implemented VAR pretty well, and it's like we seem to know what was going on, but you see it in other leagues, and the referees have been clueless, especially the English games. Some of them have been terrible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Bundesliga news. Uh, No to Monday Night Football. Frankfurt fans protest against (laughs) Bundesliga plans. They basically delayed the start of the match about six, seven minutes, and then the second half, six, seven minutes. Do you see how they did it? I saw one with the soccer balls with the streamers and stuff like that. No, they threw tennis ball. Tennis ball, sorry. All the the line track Frankfurt ultras all threw tennis balls on the field. That was the second half. I think they delayed that with that, uh, with streamers attached to it. So so you could see it. It's actually a good idea for a display if you're allowed to do that. So awesome. So there's great frustration in this over in in they, they don't want f- football played right. on Monday. The night. second league has been they brought in the second league like three, four, five years ago, something like that, and they've been fighting it every year yeah. since then. And so now it's happening in the Bundesliga. But the thing is, I don't think it should happen. But the, just so people understand, it's not every match day. Yeah, I think there are only five Monday night match days. So that I think means you're right. There was about five. Yeah. yeah. So ten. That season. means ten. There'll be ten teams or ten to play five games with ten teams. That. But the so, problem is, if it turns to be successful, they will increase that from five to more, yeah. and they'll keep inching forward. Where then eventually it'll be totally. once a week. Yeah. Um. I, so I just for the record, I think it's wrong. I don't yeah. think it should happen. Jack Warner. Has has been able to delay his extradition. Um, his uh, the judge, uh, his judge. I was about to say his lawyers have convinced the judge to wait till November. Uh, there's more hearings, and then because he, the the U.S. really want to get their hands on Jack Warner uh, for that all that stuff because he was supposed to be part of that FIFA Gate trial. All handsy there. Yeah, he hasn't left the country in a while. Hmm. I like Jack. Uh, wait, what? I, to- I explained this before. He helped his wife get three Trinidad oh, players. Right, right, right. Uh, Villarreal oh. defender. This guy seems to be a quite a, quite a guy. Ruben Semedo arrested for the third time in four months. The recent, most recent one, he beat, kidnapped, and uh, raided some man's house. He hit a guy with a bottle in November. That was the first one, and he's done a couple of things. Uh, uh, another thing between that, he just moved to Villarreal for fourteen million euro. Um, wow. Well, he was linked to England too. So uh, uh, at that time, is there a, a football violence song you like to play right now, Michael? I don't think it, but none of his football violence was on the pitch. It was all off the pitch. It's done by a footballer. It's a football. It's football violence. Um, a, a really good read. Um, uh, talk about belt. Let's talk. Uh, the dressing room is a tough place to be in if you have anxiety, depression. Yeah, it was I from David this. Weatherston, who used to play with St. John and Falkirk. I, I don't want to sound crass or inappropriate, but like. Go is ahead. there an easy place to be when you're suffering from? Depression? No, but I think no, it's, I think uh, what he meant to say is because people don't understand, especially back in the day, because he was he's well, been playing it, a while in ago in the yeah? UK as well. 
the dressing rooms are brutal. Okay. It's a very laddish yeah. okay. kind of man. It's harder for sure. Yeah, it's. So I, I, just, I, I, my comment was just a minute. I don't think it's. Easy no, it's not anyone. easy no, it's, anywhere. It's not, but. But you're gonna get less support yeah, amongst the people it, who are in the like, dressing room. For example, like I've heard stories from players, they've been kind of picked on by their teammates because they wear glasses or they read a book. In the U.S. soccer news, Nashville SC is unveiling an extensive agreement. They, Sinclair Broadcasting, who actually does ROH. Um, yep. Honor the, Club has just launched. I've signed up for that. Okay. What's ROH? Uh, don't Ring, worry about Ring it. Of Honor, oh. where the villain uh, is currently oh, registered. Oh. Uh, they're going to be broadcasting 27 games, which is pretty impressive for a USL uh, site. And there's like Fox and the CW, a couple of channels yeah, like that. They are a bit of a right-wing broadcasting group. And there's John Oliver did a, a thing on one of his shows about them, actually. If anyone listening also did not want to know what ROH stood for, please tweet at us and let us know. Do you want to kiss the ring? No, he won't know what that means. Um, and then finally, uh, Steve Sandor had an article, FCE to Canadian PL. It will require the greatest comeback story in the history of Edmonton sport. As obviously, he mentioned that in the first couple of paragraphs, it's a hyperbole. Mm. Uh, but they did have a rally where they invited yeah. 50 people. Yeah, rabbit and they, rally. And they actually got 100 people yeah, well, to commit. Yeah, what happens with rabbits? You yeah. start with 50 and then <laughs> you get in no time you've got 100. <laughs> it was good to see, encouraging to see. Stuff needs to happen there for them to – stuff needs to happen with the city yeah. for, for them to – It seems a lot of stuff needs to yeah, happen. Yeah, well – I don't know about a lot, but it, I, I think it's it's mostly with the city. Did I not read though that Fathen came out and said, look, even if we get a thousand pledges, that still might not be enough. Yeah, he said something like that. But because, because I think it has to do with the city. Yeah, it's it's basically the location of the stadium. That's what the yeah, because a thousand fan base is not even like a couple of thousand fan bases not going to keep these teams going. If no, but if it's if it's if they're looking for five thousand, like we talked about last yeah. week, that two thousand would be enough for that. But ideally, they're looking for like eight to ten. World Cup 2026 news. Uh, one problem facing North America 2026 World Cup bid. And basically it was about, all about Trump. Yes. But also, <coughs> something else which came out this week was Sepp Blatter. Yeah, because what happened was FIFA banned 2026 World Cup voter from publicly backing a bid. And as soon as that happened, Seth Blatter got on and said Morocco should be the one hosting yeah. it. And he made very valid points. And I'm not sure, though, if that's a good thing for Morocco or a bad thing for Morocco. Right. Well, that's the question. And I even the Trump Seth thing, still, I don't know if that's a good yeah. thing for North America or a no, bad do thing you want for Trump back in your bed. Yeah. Seth Blatter still has a lot of people that li- they look up to him, they listen to him. It's the people that's kind of been with him the whole time. So if, if he's coming out and saying, I think you guys should do this, there will be people that listen to him and do that. And to me, that is a worrying move in this whole bidding thing. I can't wait for June to come and for Canada to be awarded the World Cup. Just Canada. Well, just Canada would be that ideal. That would be amazing. But, <laughs> no, seriously. Like, yeah. this, this needs to happen. This along Who with, knows what will happen between now and June? That's the worrying well, stuff. Before the, before then, the, the Canadian League will have launched. We'll know the teams probably, all that kind of stuff. And then that's the next, I think, or one of the next big things for Canadian football is that decision coming down and it being finalized and solidified and things move forward. And on that positive note. Well, I was going to end on a sad note oh. because I should mention um, that the longtime soccer writer Dan Stinson oh, yeah. did pass away. Um it, 
he's been he's been writing since '74 about the Whitecaps. Yes, he he's covered in the, some 70- of the old NASL programs, which I was looking through the the last. He covered weeks. the '79 Soccer Bowl. He covered the '86 World Cup and all the 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 qualifying up to that. Um, and he, I think he retired in 2010. Um, I'm not sure how much you wrote about the Whitecaps during that. I know CSL days you wrote a lot. Um, he might have slowed down as the... He wrote the A-League, I think. Yeah, yeah. I never met him, sadly, because he, he seems like a great guy. And then if you want to, uh, there will be a get-together on March 17th in Maple Ridge if anybody wants to uh, get together. It seems, like a pu- it seems like it's a public thing because they did announce it. And on that sad note, then... <laughs> We should have finished on the. the well, positive. I didn't know you were going to start going. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't say. Are, was are there any other more positive things we can talk about? Um, East Fife won yesterday. Oh, that's yeah. Okay, there that, we go. On that, that positive note, that should be enough to avoid relegation for this year. And on that positive note, just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And if you've enjoyed this show, leave a review for us on iTunes. And if you haven't, we're White Cats Weekly. <laughs> but until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.